Welcome to the clubhouse. Get the beers in and sit yourself down. Okay, uh, welcome here to the um, Rugby World's Clubhouse podcast. All three of us are here. That's myself, Owen Jones, Sarah Mockford and Alan Dimmock. So we're going to discuss Warren Gatlin's uh, much debated uh, selection for the first test at Eden Park on Saturday. Um, and I think the first thing that really caught us was the selection of Liam Williams at 15. So I think we, we'd all ask, was this a last minute decision after the game against the Chiefs on Tuesday? Or has this be, is this the rabbit in, from the hat that Warren Gatlin's been pulling out Sarah I think it must have been pretty last minute because ideally you wouldn't have someone you were going to start in the first test play 80 minutes against the Chiefs on Tuesday night and then have to back it up four days later and he could you know he could play another 80 minutes against the All Blacks there's a lot of rugby in such a short space of time but I remember when Lee Halfpenny was named at fullback against the Maori last week Warren Gatlin made a big point that he wanted his fullbacks to Yes, I mean, Lee Halfman, he doesn't make any mistakes. He's a really reliable <laughs> rugby player. But what Warren Gatland also mentioned was he wanted to see some uh, more of an attacking threat. And we probably haven't seen that from Lee Halfman. Or, to be fair, a lot of the back three players on this tour until Tuesday night. And Tuesday night, I think, Lee Har- Lee- Liam Williams um, made some really nice runs, set up that try for Jared Payne. Elliot Daly as well showed... I mean, the whole back three in that game, Elliot Daly and Jack now all performed well, and I think that's maybe made them sit up and take notice. They're not going to beat the All Blacks just from a set piece and scrummaging. They need to score tries as well, as we've always said. I think it's a really positive selection of the back three as a whole because Sarah's right. We have seen players who have failed to, to put their hand up. In fact... Having three fullbacks technically uh, playing in the back three well, gives the you all. Well, the All Blacks kick more than any other team well, in exactly. rugby. How so many it gives you heard that phrase this year. <clears throat> it gives you all sorts of options. Also, I think it's to see Elliot Daly in there gives you a chance to play in different styles because also he gives you an exit with his left boot. He can kick it an absolute mile. That I think that's the kind of these two selections, Daly and Williams. I think are the, the really positive signs that fans have been crying out for. George North just has not been at the races. I don't know whether he's it's his headspace. He just not only does he seem it doesn't seems like he's lacking confidence. He also seems like he's worried about going into contact or at least putting himself at risk. Obviously, you can't go in with players that have that sort of mentality. Whereas these guys, Liam Williams, would run into a burning building. You know, he is just he's just one of the life swashbucklers, and that might blow up in everyone's face, particularly as he gets tired because he has. As Sarah points out, he has played 80 minutes this week already. Um, but you know what? A bit of flair. It'd be yeah. fun. Well, I think, I think you know, Liam Williams, you think about the World Cups, you know, there, there's a five-day turnaround between team games. You know, he's a, he's a fit lad. There's not a kind of ounce of fat on him. But what the interesting thing for me was that, you know, Rob Hiley went through the Six Nations saying, you know, Liam Williams, he's not, he's not a full-back. He's a, he's a left winger. That's how we see him. You know, Saracens, he could be seen as a left wing. He's been playing on the left wing for Scarlets because they'd been trying out Johnny McNichol at 15. So for him to be thrust into a first test, uh, you know, for for the Lions against the All Blacks, it is a bit of a, a risk. But I think most people in Wales do believe he is a better 15. As you say, he's brave. As, he used to be a scaffolder, he used to be up 80 feet in the, in the air. He is, you couldn't find a braver man than him. Yeah, and I think if you think back 12 months when he was touring here with Wales in that first mm-hmm. test, all the Kiwi pundits were raving about him afterwards because he is, like, swashbuckling, adventurous. He does run it back really well. And I think when we woke up this morning, you guys might have seen it last night when the t- and saw the test team, we were all a bit like, wow, that's it was a bit out of the blue. And I think also, I don't think the All Blacks would have been expecting, expecting that either. I think pragmatism 
all coaches yearn to have a bit of pragmatism because it means that they have sure bets. That back three is is one of the gambles they've got because they don't know what they're capable of. That's exciting for fans. It's probably the reason why you've seen someone like Alan Wynne Jones come come in to start in the second row because then you have the breaking case of emergency with Maro Atoji on the bench where you can say right if we need a bit of dynamism we need a bit of oomph we can bring him on Alan Wynne Jones is never going to let anyone down he's the arch competitor he's the kind of guy you need there and he's a calm head and he's a good talker those things all play a part but it shows you that you can have pragmatism in some parts of the field and you can have a gamble somewhere else yeah I'd, I'd agree with that with Alan Wynne Jones you know he's, he's, a, he's a test match centurion he obviously captained the Lions for that famous third test victory in, in Sydney and he hasn't played badly and, and I think you know with Maro Toji he is clearly going to be a great of the kind of second row but he can sometimes get a little bit excited and I just don't I think I don't know if it's a trust thing but I just don't know if we're on guard. he just feels again safer with Alan Wynne Jones from the off because it's going to be niggly it's going to be very very excitable and, and Maro Toji will be like a cage lion <laughs> coming off off the bench, won't he? He's, he's got so much irrepressible, you know. I think energy. it's not. I think it was a really would have been a really tight call. I think second rows on this tour mm. have been the only area where everyone has performed well. Like Courtney Laws has done well. Ian Henderson's been great. You know, the, if if a Toje had started, there'd be a big argument about whether Ian Henderson should have been on the bench ahead of Alan Wynn. <laughs> but it totally does offer that impact that I don't think if you had Alan Wynn on the bench would offer the impact. And plus, if you look at that pack as a whole there even though there's really good players in it there's not loads of experience there's not loads of people who've got 60 70 caps and alan Wynn does <laughs> add that i think the other side i was speaking about selection uh, earlier in the week uh, mm. with stuart barnes mm. and one of the points he made and actually i thought well that's an interesting thing to think of and it possibly comes into play with the the weighting of this bench as well is the fact that some players can play in a negative way or a de- sorry not a negative way a defensive way so you have some players like Sam Warburton who's a much more potent player in a defensive setup than he is in an attacking setup. Not to disparage his skills at all, but that's some players are set up for that. Marwatoji is much more of an attacking player. Alan Wynne Jones is potentially a bit more of a defensive player. So it means that you've got different strings to your bow. You are right. There's not for all the dynamism that there is to, to bring on, the cavalry, as it were, with Kyle Sinclair, who's carried fantastically well, with Marwatoji, who's a dynamic character, you're right. There's not that much of a, a bank of experience to lean on if the it starts hitting the fan. <laughs> and in, in in midfield, you know, we're we're kind of bouncing from kind of taking risks to pragmatism, Ben Teo. Now there's there's a man who, who could be a carbon cut out of Jane Roberts or maybe with better offloading skills and it's what what he's he said today is if you want me to truck it up, mate, I'll truck it truck it up. Was that your uh, Kiwi accent? That was uh, an attempt at it. You know, it's been a bit, a bit, a bit, ma- <laughs> bit, a bit mangled. The best I can do, but jet lag not we, doing well for OJ's <laughs> accents there. But you know, you know, you've obviously sixteen half stone. You know, he's going to be, you know, Bone Barrett. He can, he can hold up players in defence, but he's not, you know, he's not the greatest tackler. Is Gatland said Bente just go go uh, Bone Barrett? Well. I was in the, the All Blacks press conference today and Steve Hansen was asked about the matchup between Sonny Bill Williams and uh, Ben Teo. Obviously, they know each other very well from playing uh, professional league in this uh, in this part of the world. Um, and he said, I mean, he gave you the typical straight-bat answer of, oh, well, you know, there are so many matchups across the field that, that matter a lot. I think for fans, though, that's the one because the All Blacks have made a point of putting Sonny Bill Williams at 12 
or first or second five eight as they call it here in New Zealand, and moving Crotty out. Crotty's more of a facilitator in the middle for the All Blacks. He's the he's the glue that yeah. holds everything together. So, Teo, for all that you're saying about heading for Bowden Barrett, I think the big thing is is that they'll really be trying to nullify um, what um, Sonny Bill Williams can do in the middle of the park. Yeah, and and well, Jonathan Davis, and it's it's you know as as you showed. Uh, for, for the Blues it's just getting that offload they've, they've got to do something to stop him getting that ball away if, if you've got the guys hitting the space hitting the gaps well against Samoa last week I think the Samoans put like two or three defenders on him and he still got the offload away and Barrett was the same actually I think I think it was Barrett for one of the tries where he sort of took it up to the line couldn't get down so he sort of spun round and still got the pass away and that's what they're so good so Whenever Sonny Bill's got the ball, it's not just going to be like Teo who's going to try and stop him. Maybe you're going to have a Farrell or a Jonathan Davis Double coming up. in to maybe go a bit higher legally and stop him, like wrap up his arms so he can't pass. Yeah. I mean, Bowden Barrett was also up for the press today. And, I mean, he's, he, he'd be a good card player because he never really <laughs> gives anything, anything away. Um, but <laughs> one of the British journalists, uh, Alex Lowe from The Times, tried to probe him on the the use of the crossfield kick or the kick pass as people keep calling it here um, because of the that defensive rush that the Lions come with and it was a bit of a coy smile from Barrett he, he said oh well you know we'll have to see what happens in the game you can never say that you'll definitely use it but there's a hundred, no doubt in my mind that Bowden <coughs> Barrett will be looking at what's the horrible phrase that people keep using pictures the mm. pictures of the picture of what's on the field mm. I think Bowden Barrett will look at it all day long and say I know what we need to do here. We a kick pass will will sort us right out, and that's where the selection of Rico Ioane for um, the All Blacks is very interesting. Mm. They've dropped Julian Savia, um, but also it means that the the three fullbacks, as we mentioned there at the back for the Lions, suddenly that their skill set becomes an asset because they're going to have to scramble a lot against the All Blacks in defence. You always have to. And with and they're kind of stories all over all over the pitch when you look at the selection. But one that I think a lot of people. Would have looked at is Peter Omani being named captain. Now I was there in, in Dublin, you know, three months ago. You couldn't get a look in. It was just a Jamie, late Jamie Easlip drop out. You know, wins a defensive line out, and suddenly Peter Omani, where have you been all my life? It was kind of that that kind of question. And, and he's now you know captain in the Lions in the first test. And I think he was to, um, asked the question about um, Axel Foley today, and you know, got quite quite emotional. It, it must be such a big thing for you know. Can Peter Omani harness those emotions? Do you think he's a good choice as captain? Yeah, I definitely think he's a good choice. He was really good against the Maori. I think what he does is he's he's not someone that just rants and raves. He's just very focused on his role. That back row of Omani, O'Brien and Fatals worked really well together. This Six Nation, uh, this Lions, be a bit weird if they played in the Six Nations, wouldn't it? Um, and that's why Sam, you know, the tour captain Sam Warburton hasn't even got in. Obviously, a lot of people with Alan Wynn in the starting lineup might have thought that he would be captain, but I think because he's sort of like had to fight a battle to get into the side, whereas Oman has been the standout at six, it makes sense to give it to the automatic starter. Whereas you know, next week maybe if Mary comes on and has a stormer, he's starting in the second row. I think one of the I think there are two points to this. Firstly, I think it's fantastic for Peter Romani considering what he's been through. You mentioned uh, the sad passing of Foley. Um, obviously, that's a, a lot of people know about that. But also, the fact that he was out for 18 months, didn't play any rugby after that World Cup, had an absolute disaster from the injury. He has had to battle to get to this point. That Nothing has been handed to him, and that's what you need against the All Blacks. The other thing about this is, Sarah mentioned the weighting of that back row and the way that they've worked as a unit. In New Zealand, they are... 
not scared because they never are of anything, but <laughs> a lot of people have spoken about Sean O'Brien and he's what not, he can do. He's like the one player New Zealand has mentioned, which is quite funny when in the in the UK and Ireland we probably don't talk about him so much because he's not a regular because he has had so many injury problems. Whereas over here they remember like the 2011 World Cup. They remember that he played really well against New Zealand. So. But it may be just that they're not watching that much Northern Hemisphere. You know, it's, it, you know, certain games stick out to them. They think, yeah, sure, Brian, yeah, he can play, mate. That's second attempt. Oh, at. <laughs> second attempt. At the end of this podcast. Two out of ten. <laughs> I have a theory, right? Uh, now, people have spoken about. Gatlin's mentioned a few times, I might be holding something back. And then <laughs> Hansen made the joke, oh, he's got nothing up his sleeve but his arm. Mm. Obviously, people will now think that maybe that thing, that surprise thing was the selections of the back three mm. and that Warburton not coming in. I have another theory. Ooh. I think one of the things Drum that you roll. can hold back in Test Rugby is how you operate around the breakdown. Mm. And the Lions have made a point of coming out. The, the Kiwis, have, and particularly in the press, have spoken a lot about the offside line, and that's the big thing for them. But at no point have the Lions tried to attack the breakdown. Get the numbers in, jam in, try and, try and manufacture a turnover by pure volume of people in and power output. I think with this back row, that is the kind of back row that can do that at a breakdown. Yeah, and... Do you think Jerome Kano, Kieran Reid, barely with any rugby in the last two months, it's not being even talked about much. You look at how Sam Warburton's taken time. You know, these players, no, no one's doubting their quality, but these, you know, the, the Lions back row has kind of had a couple of games together. Is, is, it, is it a risk? Are they going to be pa- puffing after 55 minutes? There's a direct quote from uh, Ryan Crotty, who was up today. I'm not worried about Rideau. <laughs> he, said, he said he implied that he's the one player in the world. Uh, McCall was the same. The, 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 the theory here, the working theory, is you can just drop him in without any rugby and he'll be fine. But I don't know, do you think that will be the case? Yes, probably. Knowing Kieran Reid, I think. It's not, and also, it's not like he couldn't run or anything. It's not like his fitness, aerobic. his like, yeah, aerobic mm. fitness is going to have dropped. It's going to be with working really hard. I spoke to him last year and he was really geared up for this. If he plays in all three tests, he'll win his 100th cap in the third. You know, this is a really significant thing for him so he would have been working really hard to get back it's just quite an interesting thing on the captains isn't it in that Warburton he's easing his way back we don't have to have him in the team Kieran Reid okay he hasn't played any rugby we need to get him in so maybe their importance to the side as a whole yeah and I guess he's just so intelligent isn't he that Kieran Reid I think lots of people say he's so coachable could be a a great coach that where he may be lacking a little bit of aerobic kind of fit, fitness, his mind's already two yeah, steps ahead and you won't have to... Well, he has been running. I mean, he's, he's had his... Th- as, as they mentioned today, yeah. you've got your thumb in a cast. It doesn't stop you from yeah. running around the field. So you I think his, you'll have the lungs. Yeah. True. Yeah. Very true. Maybe he won't be as, you know, used in the line out as much. Yeah. And they're, they're, won't they're, be able to offload as deftly as before. It'll be yeah. interesting to see how much sort of strapping he has on his hand yeah. we're doing a lot of well, we've seen some of the this. pictures it's pretty pretty kind of you know, heavy not heavy but pretty solid looking kind of plastic black cast that's all yeah, his but hand. will he be allowed to wear that in the game that is something to to ask but i mean if we go on you know dare dare we say it uh in the northern hemisphere but is that type five is that something you look at how they strangled the crusaders you know which have got a you know bulk of kind of forwards from the for the all blacks back is the type five somewhere that the Lions can get an ascendancy. You know, the, the, the Irish kind of obviously tag Furlong has done well against them for New Zealand. Is that somewhere you you feel that the Lions actually could get that? I'm the passing hand? the um, buck over to the expert front row play here. Yeah, I'm not sure experts stretching it a little bit there, but I th- I certainly they can have an edge and 
you know, technically speaking, if you can get a shoulder in a scrum and you get a better platform for your for your backs to play off, that's fantastic. But that's the important point. We know that the Lions can score from driving malls. That is a real weapon, and they should not shy away from that against the All Blacks. We know that if the scrum operates the way they want to, they should, but there's a lot of question marks here, should be able to get at least a little bit of an edge there. You give that platform to the backs, but the Lions need to keep continuing to improve on killing off chances. Because, you know... For every penalty try and for every uh, driving mole, the All Blacks will score from a clean break. In about 30 seconds. So, like, the game can change with the All Blacks so quickly because they're so fast, at, you know, sniffing out any opportunity and scoring. So from, from what you asked there, I think they can get an edge, but you have to use it in the right way. Um, that being said, you know, if they, if they, if they kick uh, everyone to death and they... they Score from line outs, I don't think Gatlin will be too fast. Yeah, if they but win 3-0, the Lions fans will still be enjoying themselves. Exactly. But there is a sense, what caveat that with, is there is a sense that, um, there's a, speaking to people around Auckland, there's actually a sense that this is going to be pretty entertaining. For all that people have been slagging off, and we looked at the New Zealand Herald mm. after that Chiefs game, and they still said, oh, this is really boring stuff. It wasn't. It was end-to-end. It was pretty basketball um, in style. But actually, you know, there's now a growing sense that whatever happens, this is going to be good fun. Yeah, and I think the test selection is actually, everyone's quite positive, because especially things like George North, who we all know is a great player, but he's just not been in form on this trip. And often, coaches just, you know, continue to pick, hoping that form will come, whereas this is actually a form selection. It's like, who's in form here and now? And I think that's really positive. And it's probably like life and, you know, Giving everyone a bit of extra enthusiasm, yeah. and that's one thing you could say. Warren Gatland, you know, he has his detractors, but he is not afraid to make make the calls, as we saw in two thousand thirteen. He, he will back what he feels. He'll go with it his gut. And I think that's actually what will end up making this a fun series because Steve Hansen's the same as well. You know, we see Eddie Jones as the kind of coach who drip feeds players into test level. Look at Rico Ioane getting picked. He's Julian Savia, the bus. You know, one of the best try-scoring records ever. And he's been just kicked out completely for this young lad from the Blues who's had a hell of a season and who did incredibly well against the Lions. Well, in the chat now will be having that nightmares. He kind of showed, showed the outside and he just took it, didn't he? Yeah, but then the Lions also played against him against the Maori and he didn't do anything. So, so you can, you can restrict him as well with this high-speed defence. So the good thing is, is that both coaches are willing to take a punt. And that'll be fun. Yeah. So my my esteemed colleagues, then, how do we see the the first test going? You know, put you know time to get off that off that fence, Sarah. Oh yeah, come to me first. <laughs> I think when I um, was at Eden Park last week when the All Blacks smashed Samoa seventy eight nil, I was sort of like, oh no, <laughs> like it was just they were just so good. Was, I mean, I know they were in playing opposition that had only been together for a short time. They who were competitive for the first twenty minutes, but then it did sort of go go very wrong for Samoa. But since then, the Lions have beaten the Maori and like not only just restricted that backline, which we were all so excited about, thinking, "Wow, this backline could really do some damage." Didn't do anything. They completely smashed the Maori. Then they've won against the Chiefs, playing quite attractive rugby, and I get that that's an understrength Chiefs team, but it was still good from the Lions. So I'm feeling pretty positive. I still think it's going to be really tight, but it's only the first test, so I'm going to go positive. I'm going to go to the Lions by four. Mr. Mr. Dimmock? I think that, uh, for as well, here's a prediction. We're definitely going to see at least one yellow card. Ooh. 
I on think. what side? On what side? What? I don't know yet. And the All Blacks never get carded, but actually, I think... <laughs> they did I, when Ireland beat them in Chicago. Yeah, and that was Moody, wasn't it? They went off. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, well, I just think that the, I think for, we've had so much talk about the referee in the build-up to this game, and even today when people are trying not to talk about the referee, they're subtly talking about the referee, <laughs> and I don't think that the Jacko Piper will be influenced either way, but I think he will lose the rag with some people at some point because there will be so much going on. I don't think he'll have refereed in a, a an atmosphere and a, a with a match. It's, like, it's just so different and I think that it will come down to that I think it will come down to a fine margin and if it is the Lions then that get that yellow card then I can see the All Blacks scoring a couple of tries with a man, man off the field if it's the All Blacks then the Lions have got a chance but they're going to have to work bloody hard and they're going to have to get the first things first they need to get that, that set piece dominance and they need to get people blowing holes in the middle so who's going to win? Who's going to win? I think <laughs> he was skirting around there. Going right. He's been in too many press conferences this trip. Yeah. I think, I think, I still think the All Blacks are legit by a couple points. But it'll tee things up nicely for, for the series. And I think it'll be bloody competitive. Yeah. The hopeless romantic that I am. Uh, he's gone bold. He's gone big. What Warren Gatland. This is the chance. The first test is what everybody has said. This is the one you've got to try when, you know, once they get up and running... Uh, you know, records are there to be broken. They haven't lost at Eden Park since 1994. So, you know, I think Demick was barely born then. I think we're going to go for a Lions win by a point and Ben Toad score the winning try. Oh, okay. Oh, can I change my mind now? You guys are so uh, positive. You might actually have won me right. Well, I think it's like just seeing the team today. I was really like, excited. I thought George North would be in that team, and I think I've just. The fact that they've gone on form really enthused me. Oh, no. I just want the ref to have a good game. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Dimmock's supporting the ref. Yeah. Oh, and I are unashamedly going for the Lions. Yeah, so there we are. Thanks very much for ha- having us on the Clubhouse podcast and tune in to us next time. <laughs>